Welcome to the DC Daily Drop, your one-stop shop for today's important news in DC movies, TV, and comics. Here are your hosts, Tom and Zach. Welcome to a Tuesday, March 7th edition of the DC Daily Drop. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach, and I am in San Antonio, Texas this week, and so thank you very much, Tom, for taking over and flying solo yesterday. Uh, You did a great job. I think you, you made a proposition that if it went down in flames, I would have to come back, and if it didn't, I would take a pay cut, and so... Uh, I will be taking a pay cut. I will take a 100% pay cut. Oh, ooh, that is bold. <laughs> that is, you're, that's very thoughtful of you. Um, that's nice. But uh, thank you for that. But the dynamic duo is back <laughs> together. Uh, who's Batman and who's Robin here? Uh, we, we'll figure that out off air, I think. We could be, I could be Wonder Woman and you can be Green Lantern. Okay, sure. <laughs> How's that? That's a new dynamic duo. Um, but yeah, we'll jump right in with uh, the Wonder Woman Edit Bay visit that we talked about. You know, a bunch of journalists and bloggers and everything visited the Wonder Woman Editing Bay where with Patty Jenkins and got to... It, it sounds like they got a good look at the film and got to talk a lot about the film with Patty Jenkins, the director, and also got to see a few different scenes and got a lot of information on the first basically the first third of the film, we're not going to get into anything spoiler wise or it's not, I I wouldn't say it's too spoilery. Would you? No, it's, we kind of talked about this before um, we started recording about like how much we should say, but I think basically we can say like, there's nothing surprising in kind of the scene breakdowns that they give you. It's all kind of stuff that we had speculated sort of that would be in the film and Nothing too crazy spoiler, but if if you want to be totally fresh going in, definitely don't read it. Right, because there are um, some of them have like full scene breakdowns. Like right, this is what happens. You know, this is what Diana says. This is what Steve says, and yeah, it sort of gives a lot of that. So if you want to be fresh, I wouldn't read it. But we're not going to talk about really any specific scenes or anything or any spoilers like that. But we're just going to get into it. Um, tons of sites have stuff on there. I mostly read Joe Blow and. IGN, mm-hmm. uh, they were uh, out of all the ones out there. They were the least uh, clickbait, <laughs> or um, and they mostly kept it to one article as opposed to some who put every quote as a new article. Right. Uh, right. So those were the best ones I saw. But um, so yeah, I guess we've got a list of things we're going to run down here. And if you want to jump in, whenever Zach, uh, Patty Jenkins said she wanted to make it a classic film. Mm-hmm. basically Superman meets Casablanca meets Indiana Jones. Yeah, all of these DC directors are throwing around Indiana Jones, so it must be kind of like a running thing with the directors that they want to make their movies like. But yeah, those are all great movies. And, you know, she she talks about how, like, she's wanted to make, like, a timeless classic movie, and it's cool that she wants to do that with Wonder Woman. Yeah, and um, Superman, obviously, 1978 Superman has been a big influence on her, and... She said that's one of the reasons why she clicked with with Jeff Johns sort of right away when it comes to story, uh, because you know she kind of said what she wanted to do with it, and he's like, "Well, that's what Dick Donner did with Superman." Yeah, so. yeah. There's so much stuff in this art, these articles that like excited me, but that was one of the things that excited me the most is like if Jeff Johns and her both see that, like taking that as inspiration, and we even like saw in the trailer, like basically shot for shot recreation but with um, like in the alley with the, the muggers scene. So yeah, that's cool. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And 
So Jenkins first met with WB about Wonder Woman in 2004, mm-hmm. right after she made Monster. And she's apparently met with him literally every year since. <laughs> uh, and this is a project that has changed many times, you know. A bunch of different people have been attached to it at one point, you know. There was the Joss Whedon mm-hmm. era, uh, tons of other things. So that's kind of amazing that she's finally getting a chance to make the movie she makes when definitely didn't look like it for a while there. Yeah, and it, it just shows how much she is dedicated to this project and wants it to see it succeed that she's been trying for this long. And like she says that, it's ironic that everybody associates me with Monster when this is the film I've always wanted to make like since I was a little kid. Yeah, and um, let's see. Uh, WB and Zack Snyder apparently decided on the World War One setting, basically kind of make it unique, and that's something that really hasn't been explored much in many movies at all, and definitely not in the in the comic book realm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've we've talked about that before about why that's a, a cool choice. Yep, and so the Wonder Woman theme will be used, but Jenkins was had a really cool point about it that I didn't even think of. It's like it's not something you just throw in at all the time, right? You know, <laughs> it's something you kind of have to build to and save for certain occasions. Uh, you know, it, obviously that's kind of a a strong theme to just throw in like at a random quiet character moment. You can't have that that Wonder Woman theme from Batman v Superman pounding in the background right and we because in batman for superman we don't get to hear it like completely until she is you know totally decked out in her armor and about to fight some baddies so yeah that's cool uh she also said there's there's no tone mandate for dc films you know each filmmaker can take it where they want which we kind of knew before um uh, I think I and I do think that is the case as long as you know the studio agrees with where the director wants to take it. Mm-hmm. And she she talked a lot about how Wonder Woman to her is not a dark and gritty character, and it's very much a character of hope. And so I'm excited to see see that. Yeah. So on to sort of actual. This isn't really story stuff, but one one thing that really interested me. It sounds like there's going to be a heavy focus on mythology. Yes. They're definitely not shying away from the Olympian gods and all the backstory of, uh, from Diana and everything on Themyscira. It's, it sounds like it's going to be a strong focus. Mm -hmm. Which is exciting because I, I think you can, you, you do need that because that is so much a part of Wonder Woman's story. Like, so I'm, I'm glad that they'll be tackling that and kind of presenting that. Right, and it's it's definitely something that makes her unique. Right. Um, like, there's not, a, especially you know, in the DC world, there's not a lot of characters that deal with the this sort of ancient gods and and all that crazy stuff that comes with it. And it's sort of really interesting. Um, I know fans of Greek mythology and everything will be really excited about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a cool thing that specific comic panels were used for inspiration. It's not surprising, but that's going to actually be cool to see, you know, once you can, if you can pick them out and, and stuff like that. Yeah. That's always something fun to look for in comic book movies, except especially anything that Zack Snyder is in any way connected to. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's going to answer, I, I won't get into this too much, but it will sort of answer the questions about Diana Prince from Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. So if you, you know, when you watch that, there's sort of some, it, it brings up questions about where Diane has been, what she's been up to. Obviously, that answers that and and why she becomes who she is in that. Mm-hmm. 
And one other, one last interesting thing, the time period for any potential sequel, sequels is being left open. So, you know, I thought that was really interesting. Most would assume, you know, it would just be modern day if she left. Mm-hmm. Um, if she left society for so long. But right. um, I know a lot of people initially thought maybe a World War One for the first movie, World War Two for the second one, something like that. Yeah. Um, but I guess we'll see. I, I I don't know which I'd what I'd want to see in a sequel, but I thought it was interesting they're keeping it open. Yeah, and if it does as well as I hope it's going to do, I I would definitely not mind seeing a sequel set not too long after World War One, before modern day, just since they have so much time to to play with, basically. Right, and they just have to you know, make a reason for it story-wise to say, you know, well, she was gone for a hundred years, but you know, whatever. Yep. All right. So that is uh, basically all the, everything we kind of got from the edit bay visit, but yeah, just a lot of exciting stuff. There's nothing in there that really dampens my excitement at all about Wonder Woman. Everything kind of just ramped it up. (laughs) Right. And and we should point out, you know, the biggest thing from this is, uh, you know, I didn't read all the articles, but Wonder Woman is getting good buzz, and yeah. it seems like uh, everyone who visited pretty much was impressed. So, you know, liked what they saw, and were very encouraged by the footage and from you know talking with Jenkins and everything. So that that's obviously the most important part of this. But yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, but uh, so moving on, Abracadabra is coming to the Flash this season. This is D- DC Comics exclusive. Um, in the comics, he's a villainous magician from the 64th century, so time traveling magic. He's a he's a member of the Rogues, so they're kind of they're scratching another guy off the list. Uh, he'll be yeah. He's he, you know I haven't read I don't think I've read anything with Abracadabra, but uh, he's kind of if you think Booster Gold yeah. meets Mixie Pitlick, yeah, <laughs> it's sort of like. Uh, it kind of like that, except you know, maybe a little darker. But he's sort of trying to get famous because he knows everything from the future, like right. Booster Gold does. But he's you know, like, kind of a goofy magician. Yeah, Mixy. Yeah, and that's like his his motivation is he's not famous in the future, and so he's like, oh well, I'll go back to the past, and they won't know anything. So, <laughs> yeah, it was easy to be famous back then, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he's gonna be played by David Das Malashian who played Thomas Schiff in The Dark Knight and Dwight Pollard in two episodes of Gotham this season. Yeah, he's he's been in quite a few things, but you're probably most memorable from, uh, he was the paranoid schizophrenic that Harvey Dent was mm-hmm. trying to kill in uh, in The Dark Knight, the Batman stopped. Yeah. Um, so he, he's been around a while. He, he first appeared in 1962 in issue number 128 of The Flash. Uh, and then he really hasn't been in a ton of other stuff. He had a, a cameo in Justice League Unlimited, uh, but then he had a couple larger roles in Young Justice and then The Brave and the Bold. Um, so I've I've talked before about how I'm not super high on magicians, like magic in comic book related settings. But like you said, he's kind of goofy and it's kind of got that Booster Gold vibe that I love Booster Gold. Um, so I'm interested to see him. And if there's any show that I would be more okay with it, it's The Flash just because there is so much crazy stuff going on in The Flash. And he's from the future, which ties in nicely. Um, so Right. Yeah, it should be a fun. I'm guessing it's just a one-episode thing, but hopefully a fun and, and unique episode. 
Yeah. All right, on to comic book news. Apparently, DC might be looking into finally getting a comic book subscription service. Uh, uh, this is according to Bleeding Cool. They got some information that uh, some potential readers got a, a survey. So they got a survey and got asked information on a DC comic subscription service. So, you know, it was presented as a potential partnership with Amazon Prime. It was really more of an information gathering thing. So I don't know how soon this is to happening, mm-hmm. but hopefully it means, you know, they're they're moving it forward. Yeah, they, it was presented as a potential partnership with Amazon Prime, which would, you know, offer discounts one way or the other if you have Prime, you know, or or the other way around, which makes sense because Comixology is owned by Amazon Prime so or Amazon. So if it was done by that, it would it would make sense. Yeah. Um, but just really interesting, you know, they're they're looking at price points and what to offer. So there were questions included on the survey about DC, including DC TV and movies, um, obviously comic books, but original content, you know, behind the scenes looks and all that and more. And the price points mentioned range from five ninety nine to twelve ninety nine per month. Yeah. So that that would be cool. Um, is this a I didn't actually, I didn't get to, to read the article totally, but does it say anything about like, would this be like an all you can, all you can read kind of thing? Or is it more like you have access to a certain number of issues per month? That's, you know, that's sort of the information they're getting, you know, what people would pay for what. Um, yeah. My yeah. guess it would, you know, my guess it wouldn't be all of DC comics available. Right. <laughs> Otherwise you'd have to put a pretty high price on that. It will probably, you know, it'll be a limited, probably a limited thing in a changing roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, of of titles sort of like marvel's got their unlimited thing and comiXology has something too and and so they've got limited things not everything up there but um yeah my guess is it would be not a you know it would it would be have a good selection but not everything yeah for sure more than you could read in a month but yeah <laughs> uh, less than everything for since 1930 whatever mm-hmm. yeah well i'm excited to see if that comes out i'll be another good way for me to funnel money towards dc <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> all right and then just the last little thing uh just a psa that justice league war is available to stream for free on the cwc uh, and this is the first movie in the new shared animated universe and it has like the formation of the justice league and invasion by dark side yeah, definitely good if you if you want to get a little information on how the Justice League forms or, you know, Darkseid. I'm sure most people have seen it, but um, it's based off of Jeff John's Justice League origin, the first run in the New 52. So a lot of good stuff in there. There's a couple things I don't like, but mostly good. Yep. All right. Well, that is all we have for today. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening, and make sure to check out DC Daily Drop on Twitter, Facebook, and dcdailydrop.com. Drop by tomorrow for more DC news.